Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. We have a great day lined up today. Our special friend, Fred Stoker is back today as he continues to minister to men and women who are overwhelmed and under extreme conviction because of their addiction to pornography. In our previous two interviews, Fred shared highlights from his book, Every Man's Battle, in the first interview. And in the last interview we did, he discussed his book, Battle On, Battle Over. In that book, Fred educated us on the stealth trap. Amen. If you missed those two episodes, go back to the archives and, and dig them out. Amen. Just type in Fred Stoker in the search area on the website and you'll see them pop right up. Amen. Today, Fred's going to be sharing with us from his book, Every Heart Restored. This book was written by both Fred and his wife, Brenda. This particular book has been written for the wives of husbands that are sexually addicted to porn. You know, wives in this situation are usually caught off guard and crushed by this type of betrayal and feel like, they are now caught up in the nightmare themselves. Fred's here today to share some insight into this and offer help, hope, and encouragement if you or someone you may know is in this situation. Help me welcome back to the program our good friend, Fred Stoker. Fred, it is so good to have you come back on the program and sharing about this important information with our listeners. Well, I love your program, Bob, and I'm really happy to be here and especially to talk about this particular book. Yeah, amen, amen. For those that may have missed our earlier interviews, hello, go back in the archives and catch up. But, uh, can you share with us, in your own words, who is Fred Stoker? Well, Fred Stoker is uh, basically a, a guy that God has uh, taught everything to. I mean, I, I mean, I remember writing uh, an honors thesis back in college, and I, I read it a few years back, and it actually literally made me nauseous because. I was reading it and realizing how little I knew about human relationships back then, because mm. that's what, you know, my honors thesis was on. And I realized that everything I write about um, is what I've learned from the Lord since I got saved at age 23. So I guess I would say I'm a man saved by Christ, and I'm a man also who was set free from sexual sin, uh, pornography, and all the other things, worse and less worse, but all the things that drive us, drive wedges between us and God and wedges between us and our wives. So um, I've kind of dedicated my writing career to helping men get free and helping wives to help their men get free. Yeah, amen. You know, you, you talk about writing back then, and then going back and look and realize how much you didn't know. Oh my I word! I, 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 my I, family, my wife has read it, uh, and well, she could only read about four pages, and then just like had to quit. And I sometimes think I got an A on it actually, uh, and I sometimes think he 
gave me an ace so he wouldn't have to read the rest of it. I don't know. After <laughs> uh, it, it reminded me of, of my master's thesis when I turned it in, you know, and uh, and I got an A on it as well. And uh, when I I decided, well, you know, if this is that good, I'm going to turn it into a book. You know, yes. that book. So many people just didn't buy the book. (laughs) And then I went back and read it later. I said, Oh God, I wouldn't buy this book either. (laughs) Yeah. It's a funny life we live, right? It's a, it's a long life and I'm glad it is. And I'm glad I can put some of that behind me. Yeah. It's good that we can laugh about it too. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm forced too seriously. Yes. So anyway, you wrote this book with your wife and what initially brought you or brought this, I guess you say, to your mind that this would be a good idea to write a book that ministered to the women who've been caught up in the the shocking revelation that their husbands are addicted to pornography. Yeah, I mean, it's it became pretty clear pretty fast. You know, I wrote Every Man's Battle uh, back in the year 2000 was when it first came out. We've uh, updated it uh, in 2020, but um one of the things that shocked me right away, Bob, was that, uh, you know, the book took off uh, and then I didn't just get emails. You know, I put my email in the back of the book and I didn't just get emails from men thanking me, uh, you know, for the knowledge they needed to get free. But I mean, I got some of the saddest uh, emails you ever want to read. In fact, I'm probably have trouble not crying today as we talk. I mean, the crushing pain of wives when they find out their husbands are hooked on porn is one of the most devastating things. In fact, um, when I was writing this book, this book was easily, uh, by far, out of my 10 books, is by far the one where the Lord was the most present as I wrote. I guess that's how I would say it. I mean, I could tell he really, really wanted to be involved in making sure that his daughters were taken care of with this book because um, his heart was crushed. And, and many times, Bob, I was, I would, I would be reading through emails as I was like preparing to write and and trying to think some of the ways to say things, and I would literally start just weeping in my chair. I would get up to go to my prayer room, and sometimes I wouldn't even make it to my prayer room. I would just fall on the floor weeping in prayer. That's just how painful it it is. So I guess um, that's what gave me the idea to write it. Uh, I talked to Brenda about it. She read the emails. We both knew that wives needed help, Uh, and so that's where the idea came from. Yeah, amen. Amen. What is usually the the first thoughts and reactions when a woman discovers that her husband's been watching pornography? Well, her first thought is absolute shock, okay, and then pain because she's thinking there's something in her that's not adequate enough to keep him satisfied and happy, and then rage uh, because everything she thought her marriage was is now not true. Uh, she finally she realizes that this happy life she's been leading is really a mirage and that her husband isn't as committed to God or as committed to her as she thought. Uh, she starts 
immediately worrying about her kids. How is this going to affect our kids? Because for a wife, you know, the kids are so central. The wives have such nurturing hearts. And uh, so there's this swirl of pain, uh, fear, anger, um, shock, disbelief. And it all hits all at once. And the house kind of comes crumbling down. Mm. Yeah. And it's true, though, that, you know, a husband's porn addiction is not caused by something lacking in his wife. It's not, it's not caused by his wife's failing in most cases, correct? Oh, in practically every case. Um, you know, here, here's the situation. Uh, this is what happens for wives. You see, wives and and husbands, they experience their sexuality differently. Okay, so for a wife, her sexuality is very relational, okay? So if she were to, for instance, have an affair uh, or to do something sexual with another guy or whatever, or even anything like that, um, it would mean that there's something wrong in the relationship with her husband. Otherwise, she wouldn't do it because everything about her sexuality is so relational, okay? now. So she tends to look at this situation out of those same eyeballs, the, those that same context, okay? So she's looking at it and saying, oh, my husband's looking at porn. This is betrayal. This is a relationship issue. He and I are broken, okay? And so she 100% sees this as betrayal of their relationship and connection. Okay, so... As she looks at it that way, um, she has a very clear viewpoint as to what this all means. However, uh, husbands aren't relational so much in their sexuality. I mean, obviously, there's some of that, all right? But they're actually more visual. And because of their brain structure, they're also able to... Um, what would you say, uh, put these things in a silo and compartmentalize them, all right? So his porn is a lot more just visual kind of excitement sort of a thing. Uh, to him, it's compartmentalized off into a corner. And to him, it doesn't mean 100% betrayal. One thing that wives find difficult to believe is that husbands can 100% be in love with their wives and yet still be involved in porn. For a woman, that's inconceivable. For a man, that's not remotely inconceivable. That's kind of a common occurrence. And so what her real issue is when it comes to dealing with this and to perhaps coming alongside her husband and rebuilding this marriage is for her to understand male sexuality. When I Whenever Brenda is asked a question, what's the first thing that a woman needs to do when she finds out her husband is hooked on porn? She always says the same thing. You need to understand male sexuality because it will give you the proper perspective on what's going on here. And one of the great things about our book is that we have, I think, nine chapters of the book are on the male sexual, the male sexuality. And I've actually had a PhD, read my book, a Christian PhD, and she said uh, that this is the most accurate and the most complete depiction of male sexuality that she'd ever seen. Mm. And so Amen. I don't say that because 
I'm trying to toot my horn. I say that because the help is there in the book, Every Heart Restored. Uh, and you can learn about male sexuality and why they went in this direction so that you can then, and this was our goal in the book, you can then move from judgment to mercy. And until you move from judgment to mercy, you can't rebuild. But if we can, by teaching you the right things that God would want you to know, uh, then you can move from judgment to mercy, think more like God thinks in this situation, and then perhaps team up. We, Brenda and I believe very strongly that every man's battle, that battle for purity, is actually better described by the phrase every couple's battle, because I have almost a 100% success rate in getting guys free from porn if their wives are involved in rebuilding. But if the wife isn't involved, then I have less than a 50% chance of getting a guy free. So yeah. um, we felt like if we can move women from judgment to mercy and teach them male sexuality so that they aren't so broken and they're not seeing it so much as betrayal as just simply sin, which is bad enough, but it's a lot different than, you know, downright betrayal. Well, why why do some women feel like they're they're weak when they're struggling in the effort to trust their husband again? Well, <clears throat> trust is an interesting thing, Bob, and we actually deal with that in the book. I think it's somewhere around chapter 14. Um, what men tend to do in this situation, okay, so their wife finds out there's the big breakdown in the wife's heart, which is normal and natural. And then the man, he begins to read a book like, say, Every Man's Battle. He begins to get free. He begins to feel stronger spiritually, closer to God. And so he, wa he wants his wife to respond accordingly, all right? And so he'll say things like, you don't trust me. Why don't you trust me yet? I've been telling you all the things that are changing in my life, but you still don't trust me. Uh, well, trust is an interesting thing. It isn't like love. Love can be unconditional. Love can be done in a vacuum. I can choose to love you, Bob, even though you don't deserve it, even though there's nothing lovable about you, for instance. Uh, but I can't trust you in a vacuum. I mean, the only way I can trust someone it takes two people. Not only do I need to trust, but you have to prove that you're trustworthy. And so the wife's feelings, her emotions are always going to lag behind the husband's in this process. She's going to have to literally see trustworthiness in order to uh, trust him again. And men don't always understand that, but I come down hard on guys who are holding their wives to some kind of quick turnaround because uh honestly guys you created the mess adults clean up their messes you need to give her all the time she needs to find that trust in you again and to heal because you laid a real strong wound across her back and that's going to take some time so it's the husband's responsibility to demonstrate to his wife that he can oh, yeah. be trusted again Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and some of the simple things uh, that we talk about is that she needs to have 100% access to his smartphone. 
at any time that he needs to be free to just give her his smartphone at any time that she can just look at the history and do whatever she wants. Um, she has to see him uh, perhaps put the house, the home's computer out into a more public space. Um, as he begins to do things like that, uh, that show that he's dedicated to winning and that he is trustworthy, uh, then she can begin to trust. But until he does practical things that are obvious to everyone, that he is now turned a corner and is going the other direction, uh, you know, forget it. it's baloney to ask her for trust because uh, that's unfair and, un and unrighteous, really. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, why do husbands seem to be more restored more quickly, though? I mean, isn't there the feeling of guilt and, and shame and, and, you know, all of that that goes with that aftermath that well, it, it's they've an got to struggle through in their re, their recovery? <laughs> well, men are kind of interesting because I was, I've talked to pastors about this, and one of the things they find is that men are very, because they can compartmentalize again, uh, they can very quickly see themselves they can compartmentalize that sin kind of again off in a corner they can look at themselves and see that look now i'm doing the right things i'm reading my bible i'm listening to worship music i'm i've uh, you know have defenses on my computer um i'm doing the right things and they can kind of see themselves they see themselves more as okay i'm moving in the right direction which means i'm going to get to the right place out in the future and they they tend to start seeing themselves as that future person much more quicker than maybe they should but that's sort of how men are and so they'll tend to kind of feel gr great about themselves before they maybe should and honestly bob then there's the other issue too that i like to say is that you know guilt is not helpful to winning the battle. Uh, guilt makes you feel small. And when you feel small, you tend to want to medicate that pain through more porn or, or more sexual sins. So uh, I think men need to uh, repent and mean it and truly engage the battle. But I don't necessarily think they need to dwell in the guilt. What they need to focus on is uh, their wife's pain and cleaning up the mess and becoming the man in life. That man in life out in the open needs to be the same man as the one that's by himself with his computer at night, because uh, that is the definition of manhood from my perspective, is that if you are the same when you're alone as you are when you're out in public, you're a man of integrity. And uh, that's what he needs to focus on more than the guilt, more than the sin. He needs to focus on becoming who he says he is and who God says he should be and uh, will be. I know there's probably some woman somewhere listening to us right now that says, well, what if he never changes? What uh, if he continues in this addiction? Yeah. And and we <clears throat> literally have a chapter in the book about that. What if he never changes? I, and, and I, um, that's actually one of the saddest things I ever see. Okay. Cause I have to be honest. I mean, 
men are the spiritual authority in their homes by decree by God. I mean, it's the way the cosmos was set up by him, not by me. And uh, the fact is, is that um, whatever men are doing uh, regarding, you know, sinfully, um, a lot of times they're going to be sacrificing their spiritual authority and their ability to, to defend their family, their ability to teach their children. And so if they never change, that that doesn't just hurt the guy. First of all, it hurts the wife. Um, I don't know what everybody believes about these sorts of things, but for instance, one of the examples in the book I give is uh, there was one woman whose wife, whose husband just refused to change. And there were times where she felt evil presences in her bedroom climbing on top of her as if they're having sex with her. Now, I know that's far out, all right? Um, but whether that happened or not, uh, the fact of the matter is we know from the word that when a man is mistreating his wife, uh, that creates a weakness in his defenses. And uh, that does open the door for his wife to get picked on spiritually and his children. And honestly, uh, that also then sets it up for generational sin to take root in the children. Because once the enemy has um, a deed into your life through porn, for instance, um, he thinks he has a deed into your children's lives. And he, uh, from my experience in talking to men through these last 20 years of ministry, uh, you know, that's pretty true. Um, the children end up being just like their fathers. So um, it's, it's a very, very painful thing. And uh, what a woman has to decide at that point, if her husband refuses to change is, well, do I leave? Now, there are a lot of people that feel like marriage is a covenant and she shouldn't leave in that case. But uh, my own opinion is that, you know, the Lord did give husbands and wives freedoms to freedom to leave their marriage if they're uh, if they're sexually betraying their spouse. Um, some people argue that porn isn't betrayal. Uh, I say it is. Uh, yeah. because of Jesus's words, um, yep. where he said that just thinking about it is adultery. So yep. I guess uh, a wife can leave. The problem with leaving is that it separates a husband from the kids. And there's a lot of other, I mean, I, I come from a broken home, so I know there's a lot of other challenges by having a dad shoved out of the home. So it is, you know, Bob, you asked the question, but it it's a horrible situation for a wife to be put in. Uh, no man has the right to decide not to change. Um, and um, whatever decision a wife makes at that point, uh, if he refuses to change, she's okay. Um, God will, you know, God is her father. God is, will become her husband uh, through that. And she needs to make that decision and to follow through uh, to protect her kids if necessary. I know this, you know, Brenda and I wrote this book together and you might question, well, what would Brenda say to that? And I already can tell you, if I decided not to change, she'd be gone because her number one goal, uh, she knows, is to raise godly children and to raise godly children in a home where a dad is fully stuck on sexual sin and porn. 
that's not very easy. And she yeah. would find it her responsibility to put them in a situation that's more godly and holy. Yeah, amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Fred Stoker as we've been discussing his book, Every Heart Restored. Now, this book is so important. You know, his wife worked with him on this book to, to give the woman's perspective on husbands struggling with a porn addiction. And, and folks, this information is vital in the environment and the day and time in which we live. I, I can't encourage you enough to drop down the show notes, click the links there, get in touch with Fred, but be sure to order his book because this book will save your marriage. Amen. And be sure to come back for the very next episode as we'll continue our discussion with Fred Stoker. Until then, this is Pastor Bob Ryan. Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. We'll be right back.